Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to the show. I'm excited and humbled to be joined by the sales legend that is Mark Hunter. Mark Hunter is better known as the sales hunter. Mark helps companies and salespeople find and retain better prospects so they can close at full price. Um, He's one of the top 50 most influential sales and marketing leaders. He was also a LinkedIn top voice back in 2018. Mark's got three best-selling books, High Profit Prospecting, High Profit Selling, and his brand new book, a mind for sales, which actually achieved number one Amazon bestseller on its first day of sales. Mark, a very warm welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, thank you for having me on. Looking forward to share with your audience today. Appreciate it, man. So there's loads we want to learn from your good self. We would like to learn three key things, really, Mark. We want to learn your top business growth tips, um, your top digital marketing and marketing in general strategies that have helped you grow your business to where you're at now. But firstly, um, we're keen to know your story. So since leaving school or college, the, where you grew up, some of the key businesses that you've worked at up to now, and some of the lessons that you learned along the way. So if we could learn a bit more about your background, Mark, that would be much appreciated. Sure. Well, my, uh, my start in sales was, um, I got fired from my first two sales jobs. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did. That, that, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the opening chapter of my new book, A Mind for Sales. Um, yeah, I, I, I got fired. I didn't want to go into sales. See, this was the whole thing. I, I did not want to go into sales. Sales was the last job I want to do. But I got into it because I needed a car. I needed a car because ah. I had a bad driving record. And I couldn't, okay. afford, I couldn't afford car insurance. So my first two jobs, I was in sales. I thought it was, I thought customers were really just victims waiting to have their money taken from them. I mean, that, that, that was, I mean, my whole goal was just to get as much money out of a customer as quickly as possible and um, uh, move on to the next customer. Yeah. Needless to say, that leaves kind of a, uh, a scorched earth behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got fired from my first two sales jobs. What were you doing that for those two, Mark? Well, my, my, my first job, you're going to love this, I was selling sides of beef. Oh, really? Yeah, That's I was selling cows. One. I was selling dead cows. Now, how's that sound? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I was selling them to restaurants and people, you know, whoever, whoever wanted dead cow. Uh, but I had a car. And um, I was selling a lot. But, man, I was um, creating a lot of chaos back at the office. Let's put it that way. And okay. um, second job, I stayed in the food business again. And, um, but, again, got, got fired from that. So it was really, it, it took me um, my third sales job before I, really it was my boss who pulled me aside and I thought I was getting fired. And my boss said, you're really approaching this wrong. Ah, right, okay. It's about the customer. It's not about you. And, you know, and you've got to take the time to understand what is the customer talking about? That was a that was a life changing moment for me. Now it didn't sink in right then. I was just thankful he didn't fire me. But when I really began to realize that it's about the customer, 
and the needs of the customer. And out of that came this very simple idea that has stuck with me for years and years and years. And that is the only good sale is one that leads to the next sale. We stop and think about that. What does that mean? Well, that means you're either going to get a referral, the customer's going to come back and buy more, something's going to happen. But what does that mean? That means you've delivered on what you thought, on, on, on what you expected to deliver. And see, I wasn't getting that in my first two companies. You know, okay. I was okay. not getting that. And, and when I began to realize that, began to realize the power of creating a relationship with the customer because then that opened up kind of the next door that I really saw. And that is your goal is to really help customers. And it's my definition of sales, help them see and achieve what they didn't think was possible. And wow, that's really what sales is. You know, I mean, you know, and, and, and when you put those two together, it's like, yeah, it, it, it suddenly changed sure. everything about how I looked at sales. Awesome, man. So that's, that was a great les- lesson learned. So you, you got fired from two companies, you went to the third one, and then your manager kind of explained a new way to approach selling. And that, that flipped, your, flipped your sales world around by the sounds of it. That totally flipped my sales <laughs> world around. Because I also realized a couple things. It is amazing how much value the customer places in you. And I don't care whether you're selling online or you're selling offline. I don't care if it's by way of email, in person, whatever. But it's amazing how much trust and integrity really do play a role. And again, that was non-existent in my first two jobs. But when you begin to realize how much integrity plays and how much trust plays, uh, because again, every sale creates the next sale. It's amazing. And then what happens is I became suddenly a lot more comfortable. I became a lot more comfortable selling. I, I, I became, because now I was letting my personality come through. I was, I now saw you uh, as somebody I could help. I could see the customer as somebody I could help. And the product or the service I was selling was merely the means for me to help you. And again, that's a real shift. We have to stop. How many times have we all run into salespeople that they say, well, if only we had a decent product, if only we had a decent service, if only we had better price, if only we had this. And sure. all the time. I, go, I go, no, that, that's not what it's about. It's all helpful. Yes, I get that. But, but your goal, if you're focused on helping people and you put that first, how you're going to help them and you believe that what you can provide to them is going to help create an outcome that they'll benefit from, then it really doesn't matter what you sell. Excellent. I mean, it, it's, yeah. It's, okay. So you learned the lesson of helping the customer more so achieve their goals rather than getting your own personal gains. It sounds like, okay. So what was the, um, so you got five from the first few roles. You moved on, Mark. What were the next few roles that, that you went into after you learned this lesson? Yeah, the, the company that I, where I learned this lesson at uh, is called Kraft Foods. And okay. uh, has a number of brands all over the world. I spent 12 years with them. I, I worked with some of the largest retailers in the world. 
Uh, I mean, you name the large retailer, I, I sat across the desk from them. I spent 12 years with them, had a wonderful, wonderful ride with them. And, um, and, and that's really, that's where, where I really learned the value of that relationship with customers. Got it. Okay. So you must have progressed a fair bit through that company. I'm guessing if you were there for 12 years, starting as, as a sales rep and moving up to management level, I guess. Or? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was in a very, uh, uh senior role and, um, thoroughly loved it. Um, and then from there I went to another food company where I spent six years. Um, and then, um, then I said, screw it. I quit. And I began <laughs> doing what I'm doing. And I, and I, and I've actually been doing this now for 20, 20 years. No, I'm oh. sorry. 20, 21, 21. It'll be 22 years this October. Um, I have had my own company. Congrats, and, uh, man. That's a long time. That's that is that is a long time. Yes, it is. Cool. So just before we jump into why you started your own business and how that came about, um, are there any more strategies or business lessons that you could share with us during your time in the foods industry that might be valuable for our audience in terms of business growth or sales? Yeah, there's so many, so many <laughs> things that you really have to protect your image and your brand. And, you know, I don't care. You may be a solopreneur who's listening to this. You, you, you may be a one person, but you still have a brand and you have to protect your brand and you have to also protect what do you surround yourself with? What I see so many times, small companies and even medium sized companies making big mistakes is because they allow themselves to align with people that or other businesses that mm, are not a good fit. Okay. You have to protect because there's equity in your name. There's equity in who you are. There's equity in what you sell. There's equity with your customers and you've got to protect it. You've got to protect it. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about exactly what that means in terms of protecting your brand, Mark? Is that a case of kind of being safe when you're on LinkedIn and not putting out controversial posts or is that well, slightly different to that? Because in my mind, it kind of means that, but to other people, yeah, well, that's, maybe yes. something be different. That certainly is one of those things that, that you, you don't go putting up on LinkedIn stupid stuff and <laughs> you may want to, you may want to, but you don't. You also watch from, from a digital advertising. This is what I see. You know, who, where are my ads going? Where are my digital ads going to appear? And are there criteria that I want to make sure that we adhere to? So I'm not aligned with this because it may be a pay-per-click ad, we'll say, but people naturally associate it with where they see it. So again, it's, 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 it's making sure that who you are and the business you represent is shed in, in the right light. Let, let me give you a class example. I may be a very expensive item, but if I'm surrounded by nothing but cheap stuff, well, people begin to question what is the value I bring to the table. I'll, I'll share a very quick, very quick story. And yeah, please. if you think about it, it, it's how a lot of retail stores operate, retail stores. Yes, they will reopen one day. But if you even think about it, same thing with a restaurant menu or anything. It is amazing how companies will position certain products, certain things to create the right image. I'll give you an example. My, my daughter and her boyfriend walked into a um, coach store, coach purses. 
And my daughter really wanted a coach person. On the table was this very expensive coach person, very, very expensive. And my wife and I, we were with them. And, and, my, boy, and my daughter's boyfriend, I know he was getting scared because he saw the price of that purse. There's <laughs> no way, there's no way he was going to be able to afford that purse. But around the table was a much lower priced coach purse. And what did my daughter and boyfriend do? Well, they bought a purse. They bought the lower price purse. But see, this was, this was a deal from association that because that purse was associated with this very expensive one, they naturally perceived it as being a great, you know, being a great purse. See, so again, I mean, th this is the way you use price. Th th there's all kinds of different things, but you watch how a restaurant will, will put on a menu a, for instance, on their wine selection, a very high-priced bottle of wine, very high-priced bottle of wine. Nobody's ever going to buy that bottle of wine, but they see that price, and that becomes the anchor point for everything else. See, so again, it's this whole position, positioning. A huge psychological tactic there. Major in everything, in everything we do, yes. Excellent. Okay, Mark, so... You worked your way up to kind of the top of management, it sounds like, in these food businesses. When was the, the kind of light bulb moment, let's say, when you thought, oh, it's time, time to do something myself, time to start my own or company on Get Off by, by Myself? When, when did that happen and what was the thinking behind it? Well, the thinking happened uh, over a pint of beer. No, 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 it didn't. No, <laughs> uh, no. It, it, uh, uh, it, it was really a long time in coming. I was very frustrated uh, that I was going to stale. I was going to become stale. I was going to become right. stale. And I wanted to keep personally growing, 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 growing. And we lived in an area of the United States. I didn't want to move from, there really weren't other, any other jobs like I wanted. So I said, I'm just going to go out and start my own business. And um, I'm going to see if I can make it. And um, like I said, that was 21 and a half years ago. So I guess it's worked out okay. Yeah, it seems to be going good. So how was it to begin with, Mark? Was it hard work or did you have a customer list oh. in mind already? Or tell us how you, how you scaled up or some of the steps you took yeah. from, from the initial starting point. I thought I had customers when I went out on my own. I really did. I thought I had customers. Uh, I didn't. I had people who said, hey, if you ever go out and do your own thing, call me. Well, that didn't materialize. I made some big mistakes in the first couple of years. And it very much slowed me and created some major problems. I really thought if I was just a nice guy, business would come to me. Didn't happen. It wasn't until I got very deliberate and very focused in and created a sales strategy with call to actions and very deliberate that I began to get, that I began to get the business I was looking for. The other piece, the other mistake that I did, and this happens to a lot of small business people, is you begin to take anything and everything that comes your way. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And you wind up becoming never known for anything. And it took me about four or five years before I very much got focused, very tight. And then probably another three years. I was probably seven or eight years into my, see, I was an overnight success. Yeah, there you go. I, I was probably about seven or eight years into it before I got very clear okay. with my message. 
And that's the big piece that I find with so many businesses. You got to get clear, know what it is that you do and who you do it for and stay in that lane, stay in that lane. Yeah. And I think that's a great message, Mark. I think we've all had times where it's been a slow month or sales have been pretty dry. And then we've had an inquiry coming in saying, look, Sam, can you do this? For example, it might be, can you do email marketing, which is not something we really do here. Um, we, we tend to focus on websites, search and optimization and so on. And we might think, oh, it's a bit tight, but I think we can just about do this. And yeah, go on. And then you get yourself this work and then it becomes a massive headache. So I think we've all, all had, had or experienced those kind of things, Mark. So I think what you're saying makes perfect sense. In terms yeah, of because yeah, any project you do, the most amount of money you'll make is when you think you've closed the deal at the beginning. And then, right, because you take this email marketing deal, you know, you know for instance, and you say, oh, okay, we're going to make X amount of money. But then by the time you get all through it, you realize you didn't make nearly as much money as you thought you were going to make. Because it that's took it. you so much more time and effort. And, that, and that's the value. You got to stay in your lane. I say know who your ICP is, your ideal customer profile. Stay and stay in that lane. Don't get out of that lane. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, Mark, guide us through some of the strategies that you've utilized to, to reach out to new customers and to grow your business. Perhaps some of the offline cold reach out strategies and then perhaps some of the digital ones too. It'd be great to learn. Sure. What, what I do is, is I keep a very tight, tight focus. My, uh, I'm all about prospecting, how you maximize the sale by maximizing the price because you've on that perfect customer with that perfect solution. Now, so I keep my business very tight. For instance, on, is, I'm major on social media I'm in LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my, because that's where my audience is. See, so that, that's where I'm going to put 80% of my effort. I put a, uh, maybe, no, maybe 60% of my effort. I put maybe 10% of my effort into Facebook okay. and maybe about 20, 25% into YouTube. And that's it. Yeah, we have some Twitter. We have some Twitter noise. We have some Instagram noise. But I keep it very, very tight. And, and the Twitter and the Instagram is just auto. It, it's just auto repeat, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I fo- if I'm going to spend if I'm going to spend ten minutes on something, it's going to be on LinkedIn. If I'm going to do if I'm going to do one um, blog post, in other words, when I do a blog post, we always tie a video with it, so that's going to be on YouTube. So, in other words, everything that we do also gets repositioned five, six, seven times, as many times as possible. Uh, but I keep a very tight focus. But here's the number one overarching strategy. Everything that I do on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, anywhere else, that's space I don't own. And I got to make sure that I take care of the space I do own. That's, that's my website. That's my website. Got it. My website is everything and because, because you own it. Understood. Okay. So it sounds like you're, you've been having a, quite a tight grip on your digital presence, Mark. And I understand you've got a huge LinkedIn following with over 300K, perhaps more followers. So that must have taken quite some time to build up. And it's, yeah, an impressive following to, to have. So in terms of um, before these times, you started your business 21 or so years ago, right? Um, I'm guessing there was some cold outreach before digital came to be as strong oh. as it was right now. Oh, there's always been cold outreach. I mean, I still do cold outreach. Out, outreach today. Now, 
I don't call it cold outreach because okay. it might be somebody, wow, I see a business in the news. Hmm. Let me take a look at them. I'm going to call them. I'm going to call them. So, you know, in, in that regard, I call it an informed calling. But yes, I do that. And early on in my business, you, you bet I was on the phone a lot. I was sending out emails. I was doing regular mail. I was doing whatever, whatever it could. When I started 21 years ago, the internet was still kind of, uh, what is this thing? What is this <laughs> kind of a weird thing? Um, but you have to, you have to make sure that you're willing to pick up the phone and engage with so many customers, so many people I run into today, they think if they just write a great um, blog post, they put something up on LinkedIn, they, they do some stuff that suddenly all the business will come flooding into them. And I go, mm, it's not going to happen. I mean, I love it when people call me because they want to do business with me. I love that. But but what I say is, or what really works is when I'm doing all this and then I call somebody and go, oh, I know who you are. I've been following you for years or I've, I've, I've heard about you or I've read your books because that's another key piece of my strategy. I mean, I've got three books and my books are a very key part of my business plan. Uh, Got it. Okay. Well, I know um, you're a big fan of prospecting, Mark. In fact, you, you've written a book to, to help people with it. So if let's say in, in today's day and age, if people are, because I think a lot of sales reps, I mean, I've been guilty of it at times, and I'm now a part owner of our company, um, of kind of putting content on LinkedIn. And then some days where you're not really feeling like it, not prospecting, be it cold calling, be it cold emailing, be it direct messaging on LinkedIn, whatever channels you're choosing to reach in. So do you think that all businesses should be doing a, a, a kind of omni-channel approach in terms of putting out content on LinkedIn and then when they're not perhaps working existing customers or providing opportunities on that sense, kind of prospecting with some kind of form, form of cold outreach? And is that something you recommend? That yeah, there, there, there's a, um, I, I tell people, embrace whatever channel, not the favorite channel to you, but the favorite channel to your customers. Okay. Uh, that's why I go after LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my go-to channel <clears throat> because that's where my customers are. Now, if I want to just plain have fun, it'd be Facebook. But that's <laughs> not where my customers are because I'm in a B2B. So stick with where your customers are. But here's what I, here's what I contend. I'll spend time on social media but I'm never going to do it during my selling time. Okay. In other words, when I go on to LinkedIn or I go on to Facebook or I go, I'm going to do that early, early morning or in the evening. I want to preserve daytime hours for being able to be engaged with customers. I want to be on the phone. I want to be on Zoom. I want to be on Skype. I want to be emailing them. I want to be, um, and it's so easy for us because there's a line, you know, I use that you can't take clicks and likes to the bank. You know, so now true. clicks and likes are great because it's going to tell you how good your article is doing and so forth. That, that's critical. But I see too many salespeople, what they do is they, they focus all of their effort on that metric. And, you know, it's a metric, 
but the ultimate metric is how many customers did you close? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so true, so true. How, so, how many sales did you get? And yeah, I, re- I really like that. The fact that you're saying, yep, yeah, by all means, be on social or digital channels, but do that work early in the morning or plan it the night before and kind of schedule it the night before, or do it early morning. Right. So then you've got the nine to five or the nine to six, whatever hours you work to actually be talking to customers or be prospecting new customers and doing that yeah. work. So yeah. you're not distracted, let's say. So that's, that's solid piece of advice. Okay. So yeah, we've learned some, some good stuff so far, Mark. Are there any um, particular highs or lows that you can share with us in your business journey so far? Perhaps start with the lows and how you worked your way through those. Well, yeah, let, 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 me, let, me, share what, let me share one more piece that salespeople leave out. And that Please. is this whole, this, this whole arena. How do I marry digital to what I'm doing? In fact, I'm working with a company right now. Okay. And we've identified 25 companies that we want to target. So we are putting in place a pay-per-click program that is going to target those people in those 25 companies. What are the websites? Where are they going? Where are they going? And we're going to make sure that they're seeing ads for the company that we want to try to sell to them. I mean, so it, it, it's, I mean, I, I love marrying digital media support up to account management selling. I love doing that. That is a that is a gold mine of an opportunity for any business to maximize. So that that that's just a piece that I tell you what you can't leave that segment out of a business development strategy. But now let's jump to some lows. Let's jump to some <laughs> highs. Oh man, the lows. Do I, do I really have to talk about them? No, no. Let, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's see what you got. Yeah. Um, I early. I, Early on, I made some major I, I made some major mistakes uh, by not being aggressive enough in in my sales, which is kind of funny because here I'm known as sales, and, and it really kind of prompted me to become who I am today in terms of the sales hunter because I'm I'm very aggressive now. So that was one load, not being aggressive enough. And what I mean that, I mean I wasn't dedicating two hours a day to be doing nothing but prospecting. Two hours a day to be nothing but prospecting. I was too busy taking care of existing stuff and I wasn't focused enough. Another major low is I allowed myself to create business relationships in other business. And I thought I was diversifying my business. In other words, you know, let me get a partnership over here and this is going to get me kind of going in this direction. And what happened is over the years, I've had too many business relationships with people that don't line up to who I am. And what does it do? It, it does not allow me to focus on what I do best. There was a company that I thought, wow, we're going to create this great relationship. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. I put a tremendous amount of effort into it over three years. Finally, I said, you know what? This isn't going anywhere. And it was one of those silly things that you keep thinking if you just put in more time, more time, more time, and you keep going month in, month out, month in, month out, and you go, hmm. And it was painful to walk away, but it was the right thing to do. That, that was a huge low, um, a okay. huge high. So just Lunch before we go to the highest, Mark, yeah. um, 
The, the first point you made there was, was great. So dedicating a couple hours in your case to prospecting each and every day. So is that something you recommend anyone in business should do to kind of break up their day into core tasks that you've got to do each and every day? So be it prospecting, be it connecting with existing customers, be it a bit of social media work and so on. Yes, yes, you, you really want to. Here's the, one of the big problems that we all have is that none of us lack for things to do. We have plenty to do. So we're all busy, but are we productive? And this is the, this is the big, this is what I challenge salespeople. You can be busy taking care of all this stuff, but are you really creating incremental revenue for your company? As a salesperson, I'm charged with creating incremental revenue. So what I do is I block my day. I block my day up. Even now I block my day up. I block it up now into one hour segments. And I want to ask myself at that, at the end of that hour, was I, what did I do to move my business forward? For instance, right now we are, we are recording this. I'm moving my business sure. forward because I'm going to be creating more awareness. When I get done with this, I have one hour to respond to a couple of client issues and move one client further to buying some more stuff for me. Okay. So boom, then I have a client call, but I, you, you have to, you have to be brutal with yourself. And I talk a lot about this in my book, A Mind for Sales. Okay. You have to be brutal with your time because otherwise your time will control you. It's your job to control your time. Okay. That's, that's a huge piece. Really like that, Mark. And the next point you make, it, for me, it felt like there was two points raised, really. Um, so you talked about the perhaps working, was it business partnerships or was it taking on business contacts? Or- it, these were business partnerships where okay. we we're kind of going to create this joint company and this is what we're going to do. And, and, um, you know, it just, it just uh, painful, painful. Yeah. And I guess it also means knowing when to say no or what, knowing when to put an end to things. I think that's a huge piece because especially small businesses, Squirrel, squirrel, you know, we, we get caught up in chasing the shiny object and we have to stay very focused. We have to stay very focused. Uh, when you're a small business, maybe you're self-employed, maybe you've got a couple of people, you know, I've got, I've got four people that, that work for me and they're great. They're great. And I tell them it's your job to hold me accountable to you. I mean, I want you because otherwise I'll, I can get off onto side projects pretty easily. And they, they do a pretty brutal job. Uh, Mark, come here, sit down. This is what we got to talk about right now. Uh, Great stuff. Okay. Well, um, Mark, for anyone that's tuning in, that's just started their own company or anyone that thinks, oh, the next couple of months I might be starting my own business. I think I'm ready to go alone. Apart from what we've discussed so far, are there any other insights or tips that you could share with them just to make their first couple of weeks or the first few months as productive as possible? Yeah. Here's the whole thing. Don't follow your passion. Don't follow your passion. <laughs> <laughs> People go off to college and they say, oh, I want to get a degree in poetry. You can't make money doing poetry, okay? I mean, this is all thing. It'd be pretty hard, right? <laughs> you got, you got to stay focused on what is the value that you're going to create for your customer. Because if you can't create value for your customer, 
And don't think, well, this is what I really like. If your customers don't like it and they don't see value in it, you're not going to make money. I see too many people starting out in businesses. Let's not kid ourselves. The failure rate of small business is huge, huge. I mean, I have seen so many thousands of people come to me and say, Mark, you got a successful business. Show me how you did it. Show me how you did it. And, and what happens is they get sideways. And, and the key is, what is, the, what is the out, not what is it that you're selling? It doesn't matter what you sell. What's the outcome you create? What is the outcome? In other words, how is the customer going to benefit from what it is that you, that you are selling? Two, know who your ideal customer profile is, ICP. Yep. And you got to be very, very specific as to who and what that is. Because if you can't be very specific, three, you've got to be able to articulate what are the questions, the statements, the things that I'm going to say or do or send or whatever that's going to get you thinking about that. And then D, where do you live? Okay, I've got this whole piece laid out. I've got this whole piece laid out. Where do you live? What type of business are you? What type of person are you? And then I've got to figure out what is my strategy? What's my plan to go reach them? What I find happening many times is businesses will sit there and, oh, wow, I'm going to buy this service. I'm going to buy this service. I'm going to buy this service. And they buy them without having a plan. And again, okay. something I talk about in my book, got to stay right on what your plan is. Awesome. So we had kind of focus on the outcomes that you provide, your ideal customer profile, be able to articulate on what you offer, the locations your customers are at, and then the strategy that you're going to do to attack it. So like you said at the start, Mark, you can't really make money on poetry, although I'm sure a very, very small amount of people have. It's something that's extremely niche and it's going to be difficult and just going to make it hard work for yourself. But for people that are overcome with their passion, um, how is it possible that they can perhaps test the market or find out if they actually have got customers that are going to buy? Is it the best way just to jump in and start doing it? Or should they get a mentor or should they look at people who have done similar in their business already? Wow. That's hard one because I have seen people do each one of those and succeed. And I've seen people do <laughs> each one of them and fail. I mean, I have coached many, many people that I've said, that's a bad business idea. <laughs> And then yeah. they go out and, and be incredibly successful with it. And then I've That's had the others that I say this is. So, again, you don't, you don't always know, I mean, until you really start throwing it out there. Here's what I do tell people. You have to stick with it. I see too many people, what happens is they get into something and they, early on, they feel it's not working and they pull the right. plug and they pull it too soon. Same thing happens the other way around. Somebody comes up, somebody comes up with something, and they're incredible success. I have had more companies come to me, and they're like year two, three, or four, and they're really struggling. Because what happened was they came out with a really successful product, so they thought they, 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 thought they, knew, they, they, thought they knew what they were doing. And, and really what it was is they were lucky. They were just plain lucky. And then goes away and then they go, what do we do? What do we do? You know, <laughs> and suddenly they realize that they're not quite as successful. So I really think the best companies 
are the ones that are not an overnight success uh, because they learn how to do it right and build it, build it, build it, build it. It's one step at a time. But boy, I tell you what, you have to be focused and committed as a business. And on that note, Mark, have you got any habits that you put in place to make sure you stay laser focused? Because you mentioned you time block your day. So you're really kind of productive and you make sure what you're doing is set out in advance. So you're ready to attack the day. Are there any ways that you've been able to make that happen? Because I know of myself, sometimes I struggle to find motivation. So at the moment, we're all in lockdown. So I'm trying to do a, a run and workout really in the morning and I plan my day the night before. So I'm ready to do it. But all of us struggle with motivation sometimes. So have you got any ways to, to make it happen? Well, wow, that's, we could spend two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right a separate here, topic right, itself. Bro. Right here on this alone. Here's the thing. And, and you said some, you plan your day out the night before. You must, tomorrow begins today. Tomorrow begins today. You must always plan your day the day before. That is absolutely essential. Two, I always do the most critical activity first thing in the morning. What is the most critical activity? I get it done first thing because the day is always going to wind up being a lot of distractions. I get it. And I got to make sure I get that done. That has helped me because at least then I have the satisfaction that I've been able to do this. This morning, I get up every morning at 4.30. And this morning I woke up at 3.30 and I got up at 3.30. Why? That's a whole nother story. I don't know. Um, I guess I knew I was going to be on, on, on doing your show. No, <laughs> the excitement. There you go. It's the excitement. Yeah. And, uh, um, but I, I immediately got on my computer because I was thinking about a project that I'm working on with a client that I immediately needed to respond to and get taken care of. And so really by four 30 in the morning, I had accomplished quite a bit. Uh, and I was feeling very good. And it's amazing how success create success. Let's talk about motivation for a second. Nobody can motivate you. Only you can motivate yourself. And what I have found is that if I can do something successful first thing in the morning, it's amazing how much more excited I feel. And then I can do another thing. I do another thing. And so motivation really comes down to doing small activities and doing them well to give you a sense of accomplishment. And when you do, it's amazing how it just keeps building, 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 building. Um, awesome. I've never really thought about it that way, but that does, that does make sense, kind of knowing that you've got these tasks to do, fulfilling each one, and then being kind of happy that you've done the task and moving forwards and making sure that you've made best use of your, of your day or your week yeah. or your month. So love that. Okay. Excellent, Mark. Well, everyone, you've been tuning in to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around, around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Mark, what I'd like to ask everyone on this show is if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your business, who would that be and why? Wow. I'm going to... I'm going to say my father. Uh, my father passed, passed away a number of years ago, but he was a tremendous optimist and went through some very difficult challenges in life with his business and his health. And yet he always remained an optimist, always remained that, hey, there's an opportunity. And 
at the forefront, he never stopped helping other people. And I guess that's really become kind of the hallmark of my hallmark of my life. I may not be able to be successful today selling something, but if I can be successful helping someone, then you know what? I had a good day. Love that. Really like that. And I think to, to be in sales and business in general, I'm sure you'd agree, Mark, that you need to have a, a certain level of optimism because of the amount of no's that you get each and every day and week. <laughs> You've got to be able to pick yourself back up, right? Cool. So, um, Mark, just before we wrap up, um, please let everyone know the best way to get in touch with yourself. Tell us a bit more about your brand new book and how people can connect with you. Yes. Well, the new book is A Mind for Sales and it's available out there right now. In fact, Amazon UK, it's sold out right now, uh, but it's sold out Amazon.com and Amazon C. It's sold out a lot, of, but hey, you know what? That, <laughs> we'll means it must, that means it must be selling well, but the Kindle version, the Audible versions, they're still available and other, other places have got the book, but it is really a book about really helping you look at how do I sell? Why do I sell? It's a little bit of my story. I share a lot of examples in there. So that's the book. My website, my real last name is Hunter. People always ask me, so what was your name before you changed it to Hunter? <laughs> no, my, I, I owe it to my dad. So my brand is The Sales Hunter. And uh, that has worked for me very well. So thesaleshunter.com. And um, again, that has been, a, that's on that site, I've got a tremendous amount of free resources, a lot of other things that you can grab. Uh, I believe sales is not a solo activity. Sales is a team sport. And when you look at it that as a team sport, you're going to look at each conversation you have as an ability to influence and impact people. And you know what? That's pretty cool. Because if you do that, it's a good day. Brilliant stuff, Mark. The show is sponsored by webchoiceuk.com, helping businesses skyrocket their leads, sales, and brand positioning with results-driven SEO, digital marketing, conversion-focused websites and apps. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, and I hope we can speak again soon. Thank you. Great selling. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.